At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. This is the Nightcap. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. We're filling in for the usual crew. Sean King, Tim Murray. You can catch those guys on Follow the Money over the next couple of days here. So we're filling in, holding things down here mm-hmm. in the evening at Circa. Fun show on deck over the next three hours. Make sure to tweet at the show as well. At VEASAN Live on Twitter. At Scott's on Air. At Femi Abebefe. We'd like to hear from you guys. Hear your thoughts. Get some actionable questions from you guys as we try to find a little bit of value late in the evening and maybe early tomorrow. Coming up, a trio of great guests on the show this evening here. Scott, Andrew Kahn, Michigan basketball beat writer for M Live and Ann Arbor News, joins us in 30 minutes. Going to discuss the fallout but the Michigan-Wisconsin incident yesterday. Jawan Howard has now been suspended for five games the rest of the regular season. We'll discuss that with Andrew. Nick Whalen, NBA editor of Roto-Wire, joins us at the top of the second hour, talking all things association now that we're post-All-Star break. And then Eddie Brown, NFL draft analyst for San Diego Union-Tribune, joins us at the top of the third hour discussing the NFL draft. Combine 10 days away. Is there a little bit of value in the first player to be drafted market? We'll ask Eddie. NBA MVP odds at 830. The selection committee put out their top four seeds in each region for March Madness. We'll look at the title contender odds at 745. But first, Scott, how we doing, buddy? I'm feeling okay. You know, uh, it's a President's Day, so obviously yep. there was some day action going on, some early afternoon hockey. Uh, <laughs> you know, didn't really go my way today. Uh, well, one did, one didn't. And that was because it was a big surprise earlier today. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Break up the Canadiens, people. This is like the best team in hockey right now, apparently. I don't know how much you've been following this, Femi, but the Canadiens are the worst team in the NHL. They had only eight wins on the season up until a couple of days ago. Wow. And now they've won three straight games, including a game today against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Break up the Canadians, people. If you played Montreal on the money line over the past three games, you are up 
quite a nice chunk of change, my friend. I mean, if you just played them tonight, you're up quite a bit. Nice a chunk of change. Over at the South Point, they went off as plus 340 Whoa. on the money line. They're getting the 5-2 win over the Maple Leafs. The Seattle Kraken, they're taking on the Vancouver Whitecaps. My Kraken, I'm a Seattle guy, so lifelong Seattle Kraken fan over here. They are plus 155 dogs right now on the money line minus 180 if you like the Vancouver Whitecaps. Anything for you in this Kraken and Whitecaps? Canuck, you're, thinking, you're thinking that MLS guy. You got MLS on Canucks, the mind. Canucks, Look yeah. at you. Look at me. I didn't know you were such a big MLS guy. You know, the, the, the Cascadia Cup, how can you not love it? Sounders, Whitecaps. Such a big hockey guy Portland over here. Such a big soccer guy over here, you know? I didn't know that. Canucks is what I meant to say there. Uh, gosh, Major League Soccer. It's almost coming up here in about a month here. Sounders are among the favorites, uh, FYI to win the uh, MLS Cup. But uh, we had a fun all-star weekend in the NBA mm -hmm. last weekend. It's kind of an interesting time in the sports period because we're a week removed from the NFL yeah. season and all that. We had the Daytona 500 yesterday, all-star weekend wrapped up in Cleveland. Their team, LeBron, gets the victory. 5-0 and now. 5-0. and LeBron mm -hmm. hitting the game winner in his hometown of Fitting. Cleveland. Steph Curry, the all-star MVP. Anything stood out to you from all-star weekend? I know we had a little bit of bet regret from Saturday. Yeah, like why didn't I play Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> plus 1,200 to win the three-point contest? I was right so there. locked into Trey Young because earlier last week I had spoken to Lauren Jabaro who does the Atlanta Hawks games for Bally, Bally Sports, and she was telling us about an interview that she did with Trey Young and how focused and how it, he wanted to win this three-point contest. He was mm -hmm. going into it with a different mentality than the first time he did the contest. So I bought in. I had plus 450 on Trey young he made it to the finals but when cat put up 29 in that final round <laughs> whoo man i had some immediate bet regret and then of course what happens is i log on to twitter and everybody had Carl Anthony Towns. Like, it was the most obvious <laughs> bet to bet the center, the only big man in the contest who's never done it before at the NBA level, has in the past. But it was so obvious the to long, bet on Carl Anthony Towns. The longest shot on the board. Now, all of a yeah. sudden, everybody has yeah, everybody it. won. Yes, everybody had it. Was like, I can't believe you didn't bet it. That was the conversation all, all Saturday I, night. I was right there with you Saturday <laughs> night. I was looking at it Saturday afternoon, watching the college basketball games that were going on. I was like, do I want to throw a little action on All-Star Saturday night there? And I looked at the three-point uh, shootout, and I was like, Man, Towns at 12 to 1. We <laughs> talked about it before the show started. He doesn't use a lot of energy to shoot mm -hmm, the ball, which mm -hmm. is a big thing in three-point contests there. And I was like, well, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going out to dinner. So whatever. I'm just not going to bet it. And then I came back home, looked at my phone, and I see that he wins. And yeah. It was an instant, instant uh, sadness. I would have liked to bet the dunk contest as well. Can't do it really in any real books. You can only do it offshore because it's, yeah. a, it's a judged upon event. But as a Knicks fan, I was going. I, I wanted to see Obi Toppin win. Ain't no stopping. Uh, <laughs> and, and he did win in probably the most boring, <laughs> lackluster slam dunk contest that we've ever had. I DVR'd it, watched it Sunday during the pregame show of the All-Star <laughs> game, and I turned it off and it wasn't even over. I was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm wasting my time. Let me just watch the pregame show. Maybe they'll honor the 75 greatest players or whatever and waste my time with Cole Anthony and Jalen Green mm. taking 12 times to, to, to do one dunk there. So uh, not a good dunk contest, but the game at least was fun. Like we mentioned, Steph Curry won MVP for the All-Star game. Then we saw Team LeBron with LeBron James hitting the game winner. Obviously, big stuff out of college basketball yesterday as well. Mm -hmm. Jawan Howard has now been suspended for the rest of the regular season. We'll get into that more in the next segment. Like we mentioned, we also have Andrew Kahn of Ann Arbor News to discuss that news with us as well to see what the aftermath will be with Jawan Howard no longer on the bench for the Wolverines for the rest of the regular season. He will return, though, for the Big Ten tournament. But speaking of the Big Ten, tonight in college basketball, Scott, Ohio State, 
They were laying seven against Indiana at home in Columbus. <laughs> Game goes to overtime, and I don't even have to say what happens next. Like, we all know the story. Yes, yes, Overtime yes. is where the underdog goes to die, and it died in Columbus today. It's such a shame, too, because I didn't play this, but if I was going to play it, I wanted to take the points with Indiana, and apparently Mike Woodson's getting some heat after the game and, and, and whatnot, but I checked the score. I saw that Indiana was winning at the, at the end of regulation, yep. and I said, wow, this is going to be an outright win. And then it goes to overtime, and immediately, it's like, it's like us as betters, we know. You know what's going to happen. As soon as it goes, it's like having a plus three and a half in the NFL and the game goes oh. to overtime, and you just know that the other team's scoring a touchdown to win by six. Buffalo Bills against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, you just know it's going to happen. Cowboys, Patriots. Yes. You knew it was going to happen. So I just knew as soon as that game goes to overtime, Ohio State's covering. Yeah. I mean, you just know. It's one of those things that you just sit there and you're praying like every like, please somebody win this game in regulation. Unfortunately, <laughs> that was not the case. Ohio State wins the game 80 to 69. Game goes over. Buckeyes cover the seven point spread. Also, a fun game out there at Boston College for me, at least. I was on Boston College on the money line. I got him at even money there. They defeat Florida State 71 55. Boston College went off as one and a half point underdogs in this game, which so is we're off to a good start, which is surprising because like Florida State's missing like their top three scorers. So I don't know why they, are they were favored. horrible yeah. right now. Like, uh, I don't know why they were favored in that game. Their offense is offensive is what I've been saying over <laughs> the last few weeks here. I played an over it with them against Pitt and it just went horrendous. Like there was about 40 points scored in the first half. Uh, Florida State, not a very good basketball team, but uh, they showed that again once again today. And I was able to capitalize on it this time. Uh, an interesting game going on over in Stillwater right now. Baylor taking on Oklahoma State. And the Baylor Bears, they went off as five-point favorites. Now, they've had some injuries here to deal mm -hmm. with as of late. Jonathan Chamuchachua is going to be out for at least a long period of time. Maybe we'll see if he come back miraculously in March Madness. But total, 139. But they are down by seven at halftime here, Scott. Oklahoma State <sighs> leads 36-29. to 29. Maybe a little live game action possibly for the Bears? I was going to say that, that it could be a live betting opportunity for Baylor. But uh, I don't like road favorites I don't like road especially in college basketball mm -hmm. and I don't like road ranked favorites against unranked opponents like this is going to be this is a storm the court opportunity for Oklahoma State oh, whether yeah. you agree or disagree with storm in the court when you just win a random game against a team I know it's not the number one team in the nation it's not an undefeated team but it's Baylor it's a top 10 team in your building got to imagine that the the the, the the, the students are fired up. The players are fired up. And I would just stay away from this. Where I do have a little better's regret, as we talked about that before. Yep. Last night, I talked about this UCLA-Arizona State game. And I was like, 14 points is a lot. I don't feel comfortable laying 14. But if there was a spot to lay 14 points, this was the spot. Remember, UCLA lost to Arizona State in triple overtime yep. a couple of weeks ago. And you knew, you know these players were going into this game tonight thinking that they wanted to put a hurting on <laughs> Arizona State. UCLA is also playing good. Uh, they, they won their last two games against the both Washington schools by 20 points and 26 points, right? And what happens? They're up 13 points at the half right now. Yeah, that's it. The Bruins look like they're really good. I was thinking about the under in that game, but I was like, you know what? I missed the move because I didn't bet it last night. It, it might hit because Arizona State's and not going to get the 50. No, so. no, I don't see that happening either. UCLA leads at 34 to 21. We mentioned that Baylor game right now. They're laying four and a half 
on the second half line, total 73 and a half for the folks who are Ooh. interested in getting involved with that. It sounds like so you it's might basically be, just Baylor on the money line. You might be interested. It's, it's Baylor, you can get them at plus two and a half live, essentially, but minus four okay, and a half yeah. uh, for, for the second half line right now in that game. So interesting game out there in Stillwater. We'll be tracking that one. I also bet Seattle, a little whack action. I'm a Seattle guy. I'm going with the Red Hawks tonight. They're hosting New Mexico State in a really big game out there in the WAC. Got them on the money line at plus 130. They went off, I believe, as two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Saw some three. Actually, close three. So they went off as three-point underdogs, two-and-a-half here over at Circa. So I'll keep my eyes on that box score because it's not a good or prominent enough <laughs> game to make it onto one of the screens here. So we're just getting started, though. We're going to be discussing Jawan Howard, the aftermath. What mm. is next? for this Michigan team and can they make the tournament that will be where we pick up the nightcap on the other side we're just rolling along here Scott Seidenberg Femi Benfe in for Tim and Sean all week long and we're gonna try to find some very very good actionable bets here all week long don't go away it's the nightcap here on VSIN the sports betting network At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Nightcap is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com find to look at a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here as we're talking a little college hoops mm -hmm. here on a Monday night and the biggest story in college basketball Happens to be the incident we saw yesterday afternoon after the Michigan and Wisconsin game in Madison. Jawan Howard, Greg Gard had a few words to share. Uh -huh. There were a couple of hands to chest 
then a finger point, and then all hell broke loose yep. with a, I don't want to say it's a brawl, but there was a physical altercation amongst coaches and players within the Michigan and Wisconsin program. I need to know what Juwan Howard was trying to do because it was an open hand grab. It's a mush. At like, at like the, I feel like he was trying to maybe grab the shirt, but he overextended and Got wound up getting the back of the assistant coach's head and then swiped along his face and then closed his hand. It was one of those, like, I'm going like, to, he did this. But when he did this, he kind of smacked the back of the coach's head and then swiped across his, I don't know what this is. What, what is this I, in a fight? It was almost like, what is this? It's like you're bringing the guy's head closer to you to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. almost but, go. Like, but it was like, so weird. Come face to face with me. So after we saw that happen, and the video has been circulating everywhere, if you haven't seen it, uh, you can just search Jawan Howard on Twitter, <laughs> Google, whatever machine that you usually use as a search engine. But Howard was suspended for the rest of the regular season. So that's five games for the Michigan Wolverines. He was also fined $40,000. Two Michigan players suspended for one game. Terrence Williams II and Musa Diabate suspended for one game for Wisconsin. Greg Gard, no suspension, just a $10,000 fine. And Jacoby Neath of Wisconsin was suspended one game as well for Wisconsin. But after you saw that, I mean, it was instantly shared all over the place. What was your reaction seeing that kind of – because you don't see that happen in handshake lines here, but it was a little salty after yeah. Greg Gard called the timeout. But one of the reasons why he called the timeout was because Michigan was pressing the walk-ons at the end of the game. That was mm -hmm. a 14-point game. Yeah, and and as Greg Gard pretty much explained, like maybe Juwan Howard doesn't know the rule. Like <laughs> he had four, they had four seconds left, and it, by calling the timeout, they refreshed the clock. You get ten seconds. So I, he, he he's simply just trying to. I understand it's the end of the game. I understand it's a blowout, mm -hmm. but it's still a coachable moment for your players. And I feel like Howard was obviously bothered by the entire game. That that one moment might have been the straw that broke the camel's back, but he was bothered by the entire game. Yeah. For Greg Gard, he's just using it as a coachable moment. Like this is an opportunity to teach his kids who might not, who might be in this situation later in the season, later in the season or in the tournament. Who knows? So every opportunity you can to coach your kids, that's what you're going to do. And that's what he did. He called the timeout and he's coaching his guys. When that happened, I was honestly in shock because I was like ready to. The game was over. Mm -hmm. It was a blowout. And the music's playing. CBS is putting up the uh, the little thank you graphics and crediting everybody. And then all of a sudden, like, Andrew Catalan is calling the game. has to be like, whoa, whoa you know, we got something going on here. And, and they have to, like, they can't cut the commercial. They can't go out and finish the game. They have to explain what's going on. Uh, I was in shock. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And I thought right away that he should have been suspended for the entirety of the remainder of the regular season. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that it would be fair. And I know what say what you will about fair. I didn't think it would be right for him to miss the Big Ten tournament. Give him a chance to coach the kids during the Big Ten tournament, but definitely the rest of this regular season, I completely agree with that suspension. Yeah, no, I, I think the suspension was proper there. Like the, mm -hmm. uh, To me, I thought it was in that three to five game range in terms of a suspension. The way I kind of consumed it, I was doing betting across America yesterday with Mike Pritchard, and it happened at noon. So it was, the mm -hmm. game was 10 to noon, and we got off the air at noon, and right as we're having a post-show meeting, kind of just chopping it up. And I'm looking, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, like they're throwing hands. Like, like, yeah. like we got a little <laughs> fight going on in Madison. And so I didn't consume it with the volume the first time. So I see that and I'm like, whoa, what the heck was that all about? I'm sure by the time I drive home, something will come out. I'm sure it was some sort of end game situation that yeah. one of the coaches was not happy about. And then I saw the Twitter video and you mentioned the music and I kind of chuckled when you mentioned that because that to me made the whole situation. <laughs> it was hard for me not to laugh just seeing, you're hearing the March Madness theme music and like the did it did it did it like mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you're seeing these guys, like there should be like a UFC track that goes underneath this right now with the way that they were fighting. My reaction to it honestly was that these are competitive individuals. The head coaches are super competitive. The players are super competitive. These things tend to happen. Now, you don't want them to happen, which is why you had to issue out a punishment because you don't want this to become sort of a trend here. But these teams are competitive and the players are competitive. These things happen every now and then. You get the suspension going. Nothing much needs to be made about it more than that, in my opinion, at least. Nobody needs to get fired over this. Like, I think that's going way too far. Uh, like you mentioned, like, mm-hmm. if you've been suspended for the Big Ten tournament, I think that would have been a little bit too harsh as well. So the five games, I lose no sleep over it. I'm sure Jawan Howard knows he made a mistake. Uh, Greg Gard, I mean, I thought both guys had legitimate reasons to be upset and legitimate reasons why they were a little bit petty there. Um, maybe he should have been suspended. You can make that argument, but I don't think anybody's really losing any sleep over that as well. You ready for a fun conspiracy theory? Let me hear it. All right. Then, now, credit to my buddy Blake. Blakey Locks on Twitter who, who tweeted this out. Total was 138 and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's 61.76 with 22 seconds left. That is 137. Michigan applies full court pressure, right? Wisconsin then calls a timeout. Michigan fouls, sends Wisconsin to the line. They make one of two. Total is still under. Michigan hits the layup as time expires, sending the game over 138.5. Was Juwan Howard coaching for the over (laughs) while Greg Gard was coaching for the under? And Juwan Howard was upset because Gard was going to ruin the bet. So that's why he was pressing because he wanted a turnover. Because what? Listen, you would the, the game's over. Maybe why? Like, why press? Like, inbound the ball, let the clock run out, shake hands, and the game goes under the posted total. But Jawan Howard really wanted that game to go over. People, that's why he was pressing at the end. I mean. I, I- I have no response in terms of if, if, if he was fighting for the over there. Maybe maybe a big donor had a, a nice little size ticket on the over. Maybe something like that happened. Hey, Tony's failing TV. You know? <laughs> uh, that one will have to get reported on later on down the line here. But you, you never know is what I'll say. You'll never know. But the, inter- the actions were certainly interesting leading up to the end of the game there. And you see the, the, the walk-ons are in. It's like, come like. That's kind of like the, all right, we're waving the white flag because we're winning the game. Let's just dribble it out. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The fact that you go out there and start pressing because you're frustrated because your team uh, got their butts kicked in that second half. That game was tied at halftime, 31-31, and they got their butts kicked in the second Absolutely. half there in a game that they really need because as we transition to what Michigan's doing on the court and not in the handshake lines, is they're on the bubble. They're squarely on the I, bubble I, I, before I that game, and now they suffer that loss to Wisconsin. Who knows how much that will hurt them, but – at 14 and 11 and 8 and 7 in the conference, I mean, I don't they, know, Fanny. They need some wins here, and now they're not going to have their coach for the remainder of the regular season. I don't know. Joe Lenardi, uh, who does the bracketology for ESPN, had them as the last four in, right? Which meant that they'd be in one of those Dayton first four games. Yep. That was prior to this loss, okay? And I know it's on the road, it's against the ranked opponent, so it's not a bad loss in terms of. Just, you know, computers, like, you know, putting everything together, quad Mm -hmm. one, quad two, whatever. But if you watch the way they played in that second half, you mentioned it was embarrassing. Yeah. Now they have five games left without Juwan Howard as their coach on the bench. 
And what happens if they drop? What, what if they lose to Rutgers this next game? And and they fall. Let's say over the next five games they go three and two. Are they still in the first four in Dayton, or are they the first four out? I, I think obviously the, the easy answer is well, what do they do in the Big Ten tournament, yeah. right? So if they go three and two at the end of the regular season and they win two games in the Big Ten tournament, they're probably in. But what if they go three and two and they're one and done in Ooh. the Big Ten tournament? That, this that, team does not now name recognition alone should be good enough to put them into the first four because you're going to get ratings on that Tuesday, right? A little cachet having Michigan. You know, a team that had Final Four aspirations at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. But you get a lot of – you're going to get eyeballs on that game. You might get fans going to Dayton to to go watch that game, to have Michigan-Memphis, Michigan, let's say, in the first four in Dayton. But watching this team, do they look like a tournament team? The answer is no. It's it's no for me and from a more consistent base that they have a ceiling to where they look like a really – I mean, we saw them just beat up Purdue at home mm-hmm. just a week ago or two weeks ago it might have been. But – this team, their ceiling is high, but the the floor is also very low. And the floor looked like a lot of what we saw in the second half and even post game in the handshake line for the mm-hmm. Michigan Wolverines. But if they if they do get in, I, I don't know if there's a lot of high seeds that are maybe six seeds that really want to play this Michigan team either because they do have the talent to be able to make a run in March. We'll ask Andrew Kahn of M Live and Ann Arbor News. He's the Michigan Wolverines beat writer out there to see what he thinks of the aftermath. Was this a fair punishment for Juwan Howard? We'll discuss that next. This is the Nightcap on VCD Sports Betting Network. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. VSEN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSEN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bets, emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSEN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit VSEN.com slash madness to sign up today. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. Scott, we were talking about the aftermath now of this mm-hmm. Jawan Howard suspension suspended for the rest of the regular season for the Michigan Wolverines there. And to help us break this down and to see what we might see going forward, we bring in our first guest on the show this evening, Andrew Kahn, Michigan basketball beat writer for MLive and Ann Arbor News. Andrew, we appreciate you joining us here this evening. We'll get right to it. Is this five-game suspension for Juwan Howard fair, too much, or too little, in your opinion? Hey guys, good to be talking with you. Uh, I, I think I think it's fair. Um, you know, from from the folks I talked to uh, Sunday night, um, you know, people in the in the industry, uh, people who had been uh, the decision makers uh, for for this kind of thing in the past, but but we're not making this one. Um, you know, they, they were. They were varied in, in what they thought, but five games was kind of the consensus, if you will. Um, certainly thought that a rest of the season, you know, including postseason suspension, was on the table. Um, knew it would be at least multiple games, uh, and five uh, seemed seem to fit uh, for 
you know, uh, I guess the punishment fits the crime in this case. So um, it'll be the rest of the regular season, which is a very important one for Michigan. Um, and I, I think I think that that is fair. Yes. Well, Andrew, how does this affect the way that the team operates now over the course of the next couple of weeks? Because from my understanding, uh, he can't attend practices, right? That That is correct. He cannot be at any team activities at all. Uh, so practices, uh, film study, which he's very big on, uh, and, and anything else. He is a, away from the program uh, through, you know, the final regular season game on March 6th. So what does it mean? It means that, you know, the associate head coach, his top assistant, Phil Martelli, will take over as head coach. And, you know, that's a familiar name to, to many uh, because he was a head coach for 24 years at St. Joe's before coming to Michigan. So he's very familiar in that role. Um, you know, the, the, the other two assistants have been with uh, Howard from the start. They, they stay on. They elevate their director of basketball operations to that third assistant role. Um, and then they try to have business as usual. But um, make no mistake about it. A lot of people, you know, thought incorrectly that, you know, Martelli was really the brains behind the operation for, for Michigan. And, you know, with, with Jawan Howard being an inexperienced head coach, that was not the case. I mean, this is this is was Howard's program um, and it will be it will be different without him. We're speaking with Andrew Kahn, Michigan basketball and football beat writer for MLive and Ann Arbor News here. Andrew, how do you think Michigan responds? Because right now they're on the bubble here. Uh, they're probably going to have to win three of their next five games in the regular season, maybe a game in the conference tournament as well. But how do you think this team responds after yesterday's incident, now with Howard being suspended? Do you think this is a possible rallying cry, or what do you expect to see from the team on the court starting Wednesday? Uh, it certainly could be. I mean, it'd be it'd be interesting, I and mean, they probably feel like they were they were wronged in some way to have a you know their coach suspended for this long, and they had a couple players suspended, even though they were they were definitely not the instigators in this case. I feel bad for the for the two players who who were dinged the game and and won't suit up against Rutgers. Um, but yeah, I, I think it certainly could be. Um, they they shouldn't need any extra motivation though, because like you said, they need to to win games. Um, you know, three three and two down the stretch gets them to eleven and nine, which I've been saying for for weeks now is kind of what they need to get to, because that makes the overall record seventeen and thirteen going into the Big Ten tournament. You split there, you're four games over five hundred. That's sort of the benchmark for teams historically to to get out large bids. Um, and you look at the schedule, and it's it's just not easy. I mean, four of the five games are at home, which is huge. Um, but Rutgers, Illinois. Illinois, uh, Michigan State, Iowa, Ohio State, those are all good teams um, that, that, I mean, none of these games are, you know, uh, guaranteed wins by any means, um, but it, it's favorable just given that four of them are at home, um, that they can get the wins they need to probably sneak into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I was going to say, how dangerous of a spot is that Wednesday game against Rutgers when you consider that it could be a little easy to overlook them when you consider Illinois is on deck, a ranked opponent that would be a big resume-building win for a team on the bubble to beat a top-15 ranked opponent in their building. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that, that's been the thing for, for weeks now. I mean, basically since, um, you know, they, uh, the calendar turned to February, like they've been playing really good teams. So there were there were opportunities there to get those marquee wins. They just for much of the season had not got them, but then they, you know, beat Purdue uh, at home. They go to Iowa and get another quad one win and suddenly, you know, started to build some momentum. It obviously all came to a crashing halt in, in Madison on Sunday, but um, yeah, there are opportunities there for big wins. Um, but, but Rutgers right away is, is, is not easy. They already lost at Rutgers. Um, it was a game in which they just, they Rutgers hit a ton of threes, Michigan mm -hmm. shot 
poorly from three, um, and they lose that game. Um, but yeah, Rutgers is playing really well. Uh, you guys know they're they're much better at home. Um, but they they went to Wisconsin, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago and, and won. Like this is this is not just a team. This is not a team that only plays well at the rack. They they're playing just they're playing better. Period. Um, you know, these last six weeks or so. The metrics, Andrew, love this Michigan team, despite all what we've been saying here, 14 and 11, 8 and 7 in conference play. They're still ranked in the top 35 in Ken Palm. So clearly the, the analytical numbers still like this team, despite what we've seen from them on the floor. What do you think that the metric, metrics are missing from this team that is just not being accounted for? It's wild because, yeah, they go they go to Wisconsin and Michigan was ranked higher on, on Ken Palm uh, and just a few spots behind in, you know, the NCAA's net rankings than Wisconsin. And yet, you know, Wisconsin was the team that was ranked in the top 15. Wisconsin was the team that was in the hunt for a Big Ten regular season championship. Wisconsin was the team that was, you know, 20 and five overall. Like Michigan was was none of those things. Um, and yet, yeah, the, the computers viewed them as, as pretty much equals. Um, what are they missing? I, I don't know. I mean, I think that, you know, they like that there have been some, it, it was a competitive non-conference schedule, um, you know, with, with Arizona and, and, and Seton Hall and, you know, San Diego state even has been, has been pretty good. Um, you know, Michigan, Michigan lost two of those three games that I just mentioned, but uh, still, I guess, I'm, I'm sure that helps, um, you know, Michigan's overall shooting numbers and offense are, are pretty good. Like the problem with them is that it's just been so up and down, like they shoot, 33% from three, right? They, they literally 33.3%. They make one out of three, but they don't have many games where they shoot 33% from three. They have a lot of games where they shoot 45, 50, 60%. And then a lot of games where they go two of 19 or something like that, you know, and that, that's the problem is that they have some games where they go super cold. And for the most part, they lose. Um, they, they, they starting to reverse that trend uh, here in February. They won at Penn state. Uh, without shooting particularly well. They wanted Iowa without shooting that well from three. Um, but more often than not, the outside shooting has caught up with them. Andrew, taking a look at the Big Ten as a whole, once we get to Indianapolis, are you taking Purdue or the field to win this tournament? Uh, that's a great question. I would take the field because, I mean, I still think Illinois is very good. Um, I still think, you know, Wisconsin is a team that, uh, you know, has, has played well enough over the course of the season, even though I'm not, you know, a true believer in like their overall talent. Um, and then you've got some other teams that could, you know, get hot at the right time. I mean, Rutgers has beaten, you know, all the good teams in this league. Um, you know, Iowa's offense makes them dangerous. Uh, Ohio state, you know, when they're playing well, they're, they're tough. Um, but I, I think, I think you're right in that Purdue is, they have the highest ceiling of any team in this conference because of their offense, but you know, they might have the lowest floor because of their defense. I mean, they, they do not, they do not fit the mold of a typical final four contender, national championship contender because of that defense. I mean, best offense in the country, but the defense is outside, you know, the top 100 by the metrics, as opposed to, you know, most teams you're, you're usually uh, both are, are pretty elite. If you want to, if you want to, you know, cut down the nets or even reach a final four. So that's what, that's what would scare me about, Purdue, but um, yeah, I, I, I love their offense. He is Andrew Kahn, beat writer for the Michigan basketball team, also does Michigan football. Check out his work all year long over at MLive and Ann Arbor News. Andrew, we appreciate you joining us this evening, and I'm sure it's going to be a bumpy end of the regular season <laughs> ride for the Wolverines, so best of luck covering the team. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Uh, interesting stuff there from Andrew, especially what I like that you asked him the question about uh, 
Purdue versus the field here yeah. because Purdue on paper looks like the kind of juggernaut team in the Big Ten, but I'm still not sold with that defense that like Matt Painter's teams. I'm just there's something that's a little bit missing, even though they have all the pieces that it would look like to be a final sure. four kind of team. Plus, when it comes to these tournaments, players always rise and Johnny Davis can take over any game yep. and and Wisconsin can just ride him to a, a tournament win. Yeah, or maybe Michigan rides Hunter Dickinson to, yeah, to, to a sure. conference tournament. That would certainly be uh, quite the development after what we saw yesterday if they were able to make a run in the Big Ten tournament next month and possibly a run in the NCAA tournament. I, think, I, I still think there's some parallels here between this year's Michigan team and last year's UCLA team. But we'll see how that unfolds. On the other side, the bracket preview was revealed by the selection committee. We'll discuss that on the odds for the title contenders here on the Nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here talking a little college hoops on a Monday here. And this past weekend on Saturday, Scott, we had the selection committee's bracket preview. It's one of the cool things that they give us a little kind of peek behind the window there as we approach selection Sunday, which is now less than three weeks away. The bracket will be here, so we cannot wait for that here. But the bracket reveal proved that Gonzaga was the number one overall seed as of right now. This is subject to change, of course, because we still have the rest of the regular season to play. And then in about 10 days when the conference tournaments get underway, then things will kind of shake out as they do before selection Sunday. But was there anything when you look at the top four seeds for each region that really stood out to you for the top four seeds. No, because those are the top four seeds that I would say maybe Kentucky could have uh, slid in there, maybe over Kansas, uh, mm-hmm. but nothing really surprised me. The top four seeds, something did surprise me though, a little bit further down in terms of where they ranked the teams. Okay. Villanova. 
as the ninth-ranked team overall. Placement here in the East is very interesting. If we're talking about them being a three-seed in the East, we're talking about first and second-round games in Pittsburgh, Sweet 16 regional final at home in Philadelphia. I'm sorry, but Jay Wright's team to make the final four, if that's the draw in a bracket with the team that might be the weakest four, but the weakest one, but again, the strongest two in Kentucky and Kansas. Villanova's plus 400. It's very interesting to me if that's the situation there, because I do view Kansas as the weakest one of this list and Kentucky as the strongest two. But again, Nova as a three seed in that East, if that's where they're truly placed, there's got to be an advantage there. That's a huge advantage if it were to be placed in the East there. Because I, 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 don't, and I don't even know if they would be placed there just because of, it's like, how can you do that to the one seed of that bracket there? Yeah. It's like, man, like, Nova, I mean, Philadelphia is their rest, their backyard and it's all that the, stuff. They play home games yeah, there. They, they play home games <laughs> in, in at the Wells Fargo. Yeah, so well, I, I, I saw, I think Lenardi had them in the Midwest, the three mm-hmm. seed in the Midwest. That makes But more that sense, would yeah. line them up with Auburn as the one seed and Purdue as the two seed. And if that's the case, I mean, you want to talk about like just the 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 bracket of death, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a really tough go around uh, with those two teams, and then Villanova, and then you're throwing in some of the other teams that could possibly get placed into that region, whether it's a uh, 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 Texas, Ohio State, Seton Hall. It's it gets dicey there. And I think it's important to look at these bracket previews, and when the bracket does come out, these top four seeds, because. More often than not, the national champion is going to come from these 16 teams. So when you look at your odds board there, I mean, you mentioned Villanova. You like them as a, if they were to go into the Eastern mm-hmm, region as a mm-hmm. plus 400 look at DraftKings to make the final four here. But you look at some of these other teams like Purdue, like we mentioned that with, with Andrew Kahn, uh, our previous guest there. And he likes them, but is not like really in love mm-hmm. with this Purdue team. They're a good team on paper. We've mentioned that. Or a Duke, if like we saw Duke Gonzaga play in Las Vegas here on Black Friday, and Duke won that game. Can you imagine another regional final, a rematch of Duke Gonzaga? I mean, we have those two teams meet uh, in the one and the two slots right now in the Western Region. I mean, that's a potential rematch that we could have. And I mean, Duke would probably be feeling confident going into that game, having already beaten Gonzaga this season. Well, let me ask you something about Purdue. If they win the Big Ten tournament, do they get on the one line? Wow, it'd, it'd be hard to keep them off. I think it would be hard. To, I mean, like the, it's not the Big Ten that we saw last year mm-hmm. where everybody said that it was the best conference at the Big 12, the SEC are held in higher regard this season, but it would be hard to hold them off of that number one line there. If, if they're able to go ahead and beat Illinois in the Big Ten tournament or Ohio State or whoever ends up making it there to the championship game, I mean, but then it's like, are you knocking off Kansas, I guess, is what you knock off there? I mean, I think... Right now, I think we can say that Gonzaga's locked. Gonzaga's locked in. Yes. Right. The Zags are a one seed. Barring yeah. a loss this week and a loss in the first they're, round, they're, of the no, yeah, no, you gonna... can't even do that. It doesn't matter. Like they're, <laughs> they're, that's they're it. One seed. They're locked in. Um, I would say Auburn, pretty solid there. I'm not sure with Auburn. You think they have? Do they have to go to the the finals? I, I think, yeah, I think they have to, because I mean, let's say Kentucky wins the SEC tournament. I, I wouldn't shock me if Kentucky and Auburn flip places. To be so winner of the SEC, Kentucky or Auburn gets a one seed. Yes, if it's yeah, I think I think it's you're gonna one of them will be a one seed, but the winner will get the one seed in my opinion. I actually because because 
the argument for me would be if Kentucky wins the SEC, I'm putting them on the one line because I already think that Kentucky deserves to be on the one line. So, mm-hmm. okay, Kentucky-Auburn, winner of the SEC, gets on the one line. The next one, I would say if, if UCLA wins the Pac-12 and Arizona doesn't, I could bump Arizona off of the one line. I could put them as the top two seed. And that opens up the path for Purdue winning the Big Ten and getting on the one line. Yeah, I I could definitely see. If Arizona does not win the Pac-12 tournament, barring what they do with the rest of the regular season, but even then, like, nobody outside of UCLA is thought of highly nationally in that conference there. And Arizona right now, they're 8-1. to Purdue, you say, is 10-1. to Like you mentioned, if they were to lose and Purdue wins that Big Ten tournament, Mm -hmm. I mean – I think you have a really good argument for those teams flipping places there and maybe Purdue being a number one seed out in the South and Arizona being the two seed of that region. I, w- I could see it happening. Purdue being the last the last one and Arizona being the first two. So you would pin them two in the same, uh, the, the same bracket. Do you, um, do you think it's possible for there to be two Big 12 number one seeds? Like the Baylor Bears who right now, they're playing Oklahoma State. They lead 53 of 50 with five minutes to play in this game. Given the injuries that we've seen I, from Baylor, I, I don't you, think so. you don't think Baylor can get to the one line? Think, I don't think Baylor can get to the one line. I think they're too far down. I mean, there's there's a handful. I mean, I, I'd rank Duke. Duke's ahead of Baylor. You know, if Duke wins the ACC and Baylor wins the Big 12, I'd rather have Duke on the one line than Baylor. But the Big 12's a better conference, though, than the ACC. I still think Duke is the better team, though. So, yeah, no, that's, you know, that's I'd, not I'd, and I think the committee would look at Duke as the better team as well. So, uh, all due respect to Baylor, I'd still... It's a national champion talking about. I, under, I, I know. <laughs> they made me a lot of money last year. But uh, I, I would... That's what I... If you're comparing those two teams, I, I would rather have Duke on the one line than Baylor. Let's remove the number one and the two seeds from this discussion here. Of the threes and the fours, which team do you think is most likely to make a run to a final four or maybe ultimately cut the nets down in New Orleans? Villanova for me, if they're in the East. To me, it's an auto-fire bet. Mm-hmm. If they're in the East and you know they're going to go from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia, and we're talking about, I know it's a, it's a long travel for, across the state, but still, <laughs> and when it comes to playing the home games there yeah. uh, in Philadelphia, I, I got to bet on Villanova to make a run there. And then, um, I mean, you got to go with players, right? Coffee Cockburn and, and Illinois and and seeing if he could lead the way for the, for for the Illini, mm-hmm. probably be the best three seed that I would look at there because I'm not a, I'm not buying into Texas Tech or, or Tennessee because Illinois right now at DraftKings is 28 to one to win the national title, but to make the final four to, to make the final four they're five to one they're five to one yeah so it's I mean these are interesting numbers here when you look at these like Illinois I. I think I'm burned from what happened last year. <laughs> I was heavily invested in Illinois uh, from before the season even started. I had a 50 to one ticket on the Illini. They get the number one seed. I'm like, hey, here we go. And they don't make it out of the w- first weekend. I mean, Loyola Chicago, Sister Jean, Cameron Crutwig, who I will never forget, <laughs> just running those middle ball screens to death there against the Illini defense. I don't know if I can trust Brad Underwood. I don't, I'm not really all the way in on him as a head coach to really want to back the Illini. Yeah, that but makes sense. I mean, Coburn and I mean, Corbello is really good. Frazier can be up and down uh, as a guard there, but I think they do have a good team that's a balanced team offensively and defensively. But well, yeah, if you're just, just asking me to choose between the three seeds yeah. that are listed on this thing, it would go Villanova number one for me, then Illinois number two. But a Villanova clear cut ahead of Illinois in terms of my pick to go to the final four out of these three seeds. And plus there's a rule in college basketball. That you always have to follow. If one team has a player that you think has been there too long, you bet on that team. 
all right? Like, Colin Gillespie's been at Villanova for 12 years. Forever. You bet on that team, right? When Perry Ellis was at Kansas for 15 years, you bet on Kansas. Like, the, uh, McNamara at Syracuse. You always bet on Syracuse. Whenever a team has a player that's been there way too long, you bet on that team. <laughs> Any interest in uh, Providence? They win all these close games. You see that last game, that game against Butler yesterday? They're Providence? dangerous. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sold. I don't think they're... I, I wouldn't bet they, them in the future, but I'd bet them in an individual game. In an individual in game, yeah. they could be very interesting. Mm-hmm. They played so many close games, but... The, the metrics absolutely hate this team. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're ranked 40-something than Ken Palm right now. Uh, they're 15-1 to 1 just to make the Final Four as a number four seed as of right now. But they still have a big game against Villanova. The return game, they lost the game last week at home. We'll see if they can get the Wildcats over in Philadelphia. But Providence is a team that's hanging out there. Not so sure if I'm sold, but we'll see. Nick Whalen joins us next here talking a little NBA on the nightcap to start hour number two. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. <laughs> 